Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Last night, I watched some of the uh, Stanley Cup final game between the Florida Panthers and uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. And I wanted Florida to win. I mean, I just... This, I wanted to keep going. Uh, I, I don't care about either team, honestly, but I just wanted it to keep going. And, of course, uh, Vegas could, could wrap it up on, was it Tuesday? I think it's Tuesday. The last time a Canadian NHL team hoisted the Stanley Cup was 1993 when the Montreal Canadiens accomplished that feat. So what's it going to take for another Canadian team to win the Cup? During this playoff run, I think most Canadian fans had pinned their hopes on the Maple Leafs and the Oilers, and unfortunately, we know what happened. Uh, Kelly Rudy is with us, former NHL goaltender, of course, uh, including with the Los Angeles Kings and the, uh, hate to bring this up, Kelly, 92-93 Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals <laughs> against the Montreal Canadiens. And now longtime Hockey Night in Canada commentator and analyst. He's also dealt with mental health issues as a player and later as a broadcaster, and it's very important to him. You know what, th- Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure, Roy. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I've been a big fan. I've been listening to you for years. Well, thank you. And I was a huge fan of yours when you were playing. I felt sorry for you in the NHL because it was like you're in a shooting gallery. <laughs> I used to think. <laughs> well, only part of it, Roy. When I was uh, playing for the Islanders, it was uh, we had a, uh, a, a team that was more defensive-minded. and uh, But having said that, when I went to L.A., I had the time of my life. Yeah, I faced a lot of shots, but, man, I had a really good time with it. And uh, I had some great advice from Jerry Cheevers one time. I had just been traded to Los Angeles, and, you know, it seemed like every score was uh, 7-5 or something like that. And he says, Kelly, who cares what your numbers look like, your goals against? Just have fun and win games. And uh, so it was an attitude I took with me uh, for the rest of my career, especially playing in Los Angeles. Just had a ton of fun with it. And I think it was good for the game of hockey, the kind of style that we played, of course, with Wayne and Luke and Yari and all the great players we had. Yeah, it was. And uh, nobody will forget the bandana that you, uh, right. that your style, you had, you had style, Kelly. You had, you brought style to the game. Up, right. That was just a ripped up uh, t-shirt, Roy. I, I always had long hair as a kid. And then, uh, when I was finally in the NHL and, uh, you know, the sweat was getting in my eyes and I wore contacts and it used to bug, bug me like crazy. And so one day at practice in New York, I just ripped up a T-shirt that we wore under our gear and lo and behold, it uh, seemed to be more absorbent. And then it become a, became a trademark of mine, of which I hated later on. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. I, I loved it. Uh, and I just want to tell everybody who's listening, um, you faced the most shots for an NHL goaltender during the regular season in 88-89, and you led the NHL in most saves that year, and you were in the top five shots against four times, but you were still having a great time playing. And you know what? I didn't know that, Roy. Um, That's kind of cool. I I knew that I faced a lot of shots, but I didn't know I I faced that many. That's uh, Yeah, I had a really great time. I mean, when you're playing on a team with Wayne and everywhere you go, you know, it was sold out and, you know, it was, it was a real good lesson for all of us on that team, how to get the best out of ourselves because oftentimes, and I'll just make up a city, you know, we maybe went to, to uh, Minnesota to play the North stars and, you know, uh, you've got a cold or you don't feel great or your wife calls and says, Hey, the kids are sick. And, 
you're a little preoccupied with your thoughts and all of a sudden you're in the Met Center and uh, it's a full building because everybody paid their hard-earned money to see Wayne Gretzky. You know, you have to dig deep to play your very, very best because you weren't going to let your buddy down and, and those fans that had paid so much money to see Wayne. So it was a great lesson for all of us how to uh, really prepare and uh, under you know circumstances when maybe you weren't feeling great. Yeah, so true. So uh, I have to, I have to, I have to ask you this question. So you're in goal yeah. for the LA Kings in the Stanley Cup final in the ninety two ninety three season yeah. against the Canadians and Patrick Roy. Yeah, they win. What are the memories of that series, and how does it feel to see the other teams skate off with the cup? Okay, well, uh, I didn't watch their celebration. I don't remember much of the handshake line because I was so disappointed. Uh, to this day, it's still my uh, biggest uh, disappointment in the game of hockey. And I, I can tell you right now, Roy, I'm sitting in a, a truck going to the Miami airport for game five, Vegas. And right in front of me is Ron McClain. So he did that series. So he's well-versed uh, how both sides were feeling. And I'm sitting beside Kevin Bieksa. And he went through a similar experience that I did losing in 2011 with a, that great Vancouver team. So Kevin would tell you the same as I tell you that it's a, the biggest disappointment in our careers. Uh, losing in the first round really sucks, but losing in the finals hurts way more. And, uh, you know, I was so disappointed. I don't remember anything. I, I, I know for a fact I didn't watch Montreal lift the, the cup. It would have been too painful. Yeah, I, I can only imagine. So uh, what's it going to take now? So it's been 30 years. What's it going to take for it? This is what Canadian fans are asking all the time. Mm -hmm. What's it going to take for a Canadian NHL team, Canada-based team, to win the Stanley Cup? And is it just happenstance that nobody's won it for 30 years? Well, I think it's partially happenstance. I think there's, you know, there's always luck involved. I don't care if you're the winning team or losing team. There's good luck and bad luck. I think... To a certain degree in Canada, as we all know, it's a little bit harder to attract free agents. So that is one thing that uh, somehow they hopefully they can manipulate the salary cap by maybe, maybe as Ron mentioned, having one exemption on each team, similar to how the NBA runs their league with their teams. Kevin and I talked about how difficult it must be for certain players to want to play in Canada. I mean, with all the noise around the teams, I don't know if I was, you know, lucky that I didn't play in Canada. You know, I live here and I love it and I'm on Hockey Night in Canada, but I don't know how I would have dealt with the scrutiny. Um, you know, in today's NHL, it's much more difficult for the players with social media. I think that might bother some players. I, I mean, I don't know if you'd know this, Roy, but I was quite shy uh, back then and I don't know how I would have handled uh, all the attention. Um, so you have that. I remember when Scott Niedermeyer left uh, New Jersey and he didn't want to go to a Canadian team. He wanted to go somewhere where, you know, he could just sort of blend in and be himself. And there's no right or wrong answer to that. And look, they won the Stanley Cup with him. And so I think that plays into it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's going to happen. Some Canadian team is going to happen. Since Montreal won in 93, six times Canadian teams have been in the Stanley Cup final. So it will happen. I just don't know when. Okay. And, and, and you know, I, I remember I lived in Montreal for many years and players would not want to come to Montreal because, because of all the attention and because right. of the taxes. That was yep. a big issue. And there were the language issue was a big factor for, for many players yep. as well. So 
You're very attuned to the mental health issue. You've been open about having challenging times as a player and as an analyst. Uh, yeah. What are the greatest needs to address mental health issues? And you can tell us, please, as, uh, as well about your daughter and your son-in-law's moregooddaysclothing.com uh, effort. Sure. So thanks for bringing this up, Roy, because it's something that's uh, near and dear to our hearts. It's something that we're not afraid to talk about. And uh, I know the Canadian Mental Health Association has just changed one of their statistics. They, they said before that uh, one in uh, five Canadians uh, are affected by mental health. Now they've changed that number to two. And I believe personally, Roy, that more, uh, the number's greater than that. I think in some way, all of us are affected by mental health. Uh, I think the number two out of five, that means it's completely debilitating for somebody and they might not be able to go to work, uh, can't leave their house. They have all these other issues. Uh, for Caitlin, she was uh, 12 when she was diagnosed with uh, OCD and anxiety. Uh, still to this day, she wakes up with thoughts about uh, uh waking up with a disease or dying, but she's been given the tools after years and years and years of therapy to uh, rationalize those thoughts. Uh, she does her breathing and all sorts of things to get through a day. Uh, myself, personally, as you mentioned, I had it in 92, 93, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't recognize until many years later. And then uh, in 2019, those thoughts came back to me and they always start out as rational and then they turn irrational. And uh, for the longest time, I didn't have the tools to break the loop. So I just suffered. And that's the other thing. Uh, if you feel like you're going through something, get the help that you need because it's way too painful, way too lonely to do it on your own. And uh, that's what I suggest to all people. And let's keep this conversation alive because it affects so many of us. Yeah. And the more good days clothing.com. Yes. So that uh, was, that's so cool. Uh, so Caitlin came to us after four years of extensive therapy. So now she's 16 years old and she comes to uh, my wife, Don and I, she, she says, mom, dad, I'm having more good days than bad. And so many years later, her and her husband, uh, they both have their mental health issues and, and they get their, I think just before getting married, they came up with this concept sort of clothing line. And so, as you mentioned, it's moregooddaysclothing.com. And 10% of all proceeds goes to mental health, uh, suicide prevention. And it's just a really cool thing. It, it's amazing to me. I'll get on a plane every once in a while, Roy, and somebody will have a hoodie on or somebody will have a cap. Or I go to my local coffee shop in the morning and I'm wearing some of their clothing and somebody will ask me the question, oh, I love that. What's the slogan? What's the uh, genesis behind it? And so... I explain it to them, and uh, in fact, they were at two markets this past weekend in Calgary, where we live, and uh, sold a ton of uh, things. They're at a golf tournament tomorrow in Calgary. Uh, I'll be speaking through uh, Zoom uh, about mental health, and they're going to be there, and some of their products are being given to every golfer. So, yes, thanks for asking about that. Yeah, and a percentage of the proceeds goes to mental health. Yes. 100%, and uh, in particular, suicide prevention, I believe. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 